Hey, welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here. And a fun episode today with uh, someone very special to me. Melanie Saladino is a freelance copywriter who I've had the pleasure of working with and coaching over the last year or so. And just couldn't be more proud of anyone I've ever worked with directly. Uh, What she's accomplished in her career in the last year has been uh, pretty literally life-changing for Melanie, and that is uh, all her. Uh, I'm just thrilled to be a guide along the way as and just watch her journey uh, unfold. It's, it's really exciting, and if you are a, whether you're a freelancer or creating products, information products, or, or basically selling anything, if you're a business owner uh, and you're looking for a little bit of extra inspiration, you're going to find it today in hearing Melanie's story. Uh, Melanie is the mother of five children, and uh, it's very important to her, as you'll hear, that the career she chooses benefits her family in more than just financial means. So, uh, Melanie, thanks for coming on today and sharing your story. I know this is going to be super inspiring to everybody who hears it. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. And um, so let's start with a little bit about what you've done, what kind of led you to freelance copywriting and choosing that. Because you have a you know, pretty strict criteria uh, for, for what your career needed to provide you and your family. So why did you ultimately choose freelance copywriting? I did. I had a very specific set of things that I wanted. And I do have those five kids. And they're every age from second grade all the way up through senior in college. And so it was really important to me that I work from home and that I do some sort of entrepreneurial thing. My husband was in corporate and I thought, okay, there's a lot of people out there that can model that. But very quickly, this world is moving towards a place where everybody needs to generate an income on their own in just about zero time. And all of my children were going to have the ability to do that if they wanted. And that was going to come through me. And so I looked around at a bunch of different things and I'm absolutely fascinated by people and I have a knack for getting on their wavelength. And so I started out in life coaching loved it. I loved people. I loved helping them solve their problems. I loved the celebrating their successes with them. And I needed a way to market that business. And I noticed that I would get these emails and there were these three people I would get emails from. And it didn't matter what was on sale or for sale. I bought it. And it was ridiculous because couldn't see the product, hear it, taste it, smell it, touch it. And yet every time I'm buying this thing. Mm-hmm. And one day it dawned on me that it had to be the copywriting. It had to be the words themselves. Mm. And I thought, well, what is that even about? That it was visible even to me. And I come from a family of writers. My, my mom was published. I, I was published in some poetry. I, I come from this world and yet couldn't see that invisible. Mm. So I start looking around for a copywriting training. And I went through John Carlton's Simple Writing System. And it, boy, if that didn't change my world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was some crying and some weeping and some <laughs> gnashing of teeth. There, there was drinking happened. 
And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'll just say on a side note, I happen to know who your coach was in there. And I don't, I don't mind saying it was Robert Gibson. Uh, not many people know him in our industry, but he is one of the most brilliant marketers I've ever met. One of the most caring people you'll ever come across. And one of the most straight shooters you'll ever communicate with. So uh, it's a very gloves off scenario when you're dealing with Robert, and it's purely out of love, but it's it's not easygoing. It it absolutely when when I came out the other side, I know I saw the world differently, mm-hmm. and I have never looked back. And I am grateful to him every day that he did that for me. Mm-hmm. So, and then I end up in your world. And I start working with Wardy, and I start getting to to try different things and meet different people. And I learned one very important thing that I'll share right now, which is that if you write for the food industry, the word yummy is a word. (laughs) Okay, great. But if you write for finance, yummy is not a word. Not a word, no. (laughs) And so if you're the the sort of writer who wants to do sensory-based material, if you want to talk about how things touch, taste, look, smell, if that's important to you, and it is important to me, then you have to pick certain industries where sensory-based language is going to make the difference. Yes. So that came as a surprise because you think, oh, I know basic copywriting skills and I'm getting stronger at them every day. I Certainly I could sell everything, but you don't want to sell everything because some things are just boring. So yeah, that was my experience with that. But one of the big things for me parenting-wise was that, so I needed two criteria. One, work from home to uh, model entrepreneurship. And the third one was whatever I did had to directly benefit the children in a way that was beyond cash. Because mm. I'm taking time away from my family. I could be, do you know that there are women my age and sort of my station in life, sort of middle-class America, out right now having coffee with their girlfriends? <laughs> I did not know that. Right? They right are this not, very minute. Wow. Right this very minute. They are not on a podcast. They are not reading <laughs> continuing ed material on persuasion. They're not obsessing with whether the word yummy is a word or not. They are. They're going to have coffee. They're going to go to the gym. They're going to come home, have dinner with their spouse, and move on with their day. <laughs> not you. Not me. Well, and so if I'm going to give up that, then it better be something that's interesting to me and helps other people. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to just pull over right here for a second because this is so hugely important and fresh, freshly uh, reminded me on how critical this is, Melanie, because and why I know this talk is going to be so inspirational because there are a lot of people, a lot of freelancers who for some reason fail to recognize the value on that time, mm-hmm. time with their family that they can never, ever get back. And that needs to be charged at a premium. And what I constantly reminding freelancers of is that if you don't buy in to your show, your time, your value, your life, there's no way anybody else is going to buy into it. And so so you have to set this criteria for yourself, what your priorities are. And if somebody, if a client wants you to rush a job and give up your weekends or like you said even the fact that you've chosen to not be sitting having coffee right now which we'd all love to be doing uh ultimately you've made a choice to spend that time 
growing a business. And right. that requires you getting paid for that, for that decision, that sacrifice, and all the hard work that goes around along with it. So uh, we particularly want to point out to the freelancers right here that, you know, if you've ever not put a premium on the fact that being uh, hireable, being gettable, <laughs> should really come at a premium because you value your time, then make sure you do that for yourself. Sit down and do some math and say, what is my time actually worth? And charge accordingly. So that's Absolutely. huge, really huge. So, And I just also want to point out to me, uh, I've never heard it put so eloquently before, uh, that we have the opportunity in this business to decide what it really means to us and our family and the example we want it to be for our children and other people we can inspire in our lives. And for you, like you said, your, your husband uh, has the corporate thing covered, successful uh, corporate career, and mm -hmm. you wanted to demonstrate for your children that there are two choices to be made and that if you could succeed as a freelancer, as an independent, that that would show them the alternative and then they could choose uh, via two solid examples. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And the way that's panning out is that my daughter, who is 19 and a senior in college now, decided she wanted to go to grad school. And so she sent me her essay, and it's very college-y. It's got big words and double speak. And the kid's a 4.0 student. She knows how to write college. But it doesn't tell a story, and it doesn't set her apart from the other kids who are 4.0, excellent, whatever they do. Interesting. And so she said, hey, Mom, can you do this? And so I did, and I wrote up my version. And I was a little shy to send it to her because it's very folksy. There's some story, and there's some whimsy. But it's based on solid copy skills. And so I sent it back to her and I said, oh, gee, no, do what you think. And, I, and maybe you can use some of it, but you don't have to use it all. And then I thought, no, this isn't right because this is solid work. And it is based on expertise that is hard won. And it is designed to cut through the noise and get to the heart of that person who's going to be looking at that application. Her essay is the only one that's going to stand out. And it's that way by design. Mm. And so I stopped apologizing for the work, and I just said, how about this? You make a mashup. You add your college words, you put in my thing, and then just send it with full confidence. Awesome. And that's exactly what she did. And so she is now receiving graduate school acceptance letters mm. based on this essay. Wow. So now what she's managed to do is create a scenario where, as a sophomore, she got uh, she's an accounting major, and so she got offered a paid internship that normally only gets offered to seniors. And then in one semester's time, she got herself from sophomore to senior. Then she completed the paid internship, and then they gave her a job. And then they said, we're going to hold this job for you while you go through grad school. And she's 19. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's amazing. amazing. That is amazing, amazing stuff. And then my son came to me, and he's 17, and he said, hey, um, I think I want to go to MIT. Okay. Mm. 
I guess we can figure that out. So he, he goes and he gets a 2200 on his SATs. Wow. He gets a 790 out of 800 on his subject matter test. Mm-hmm. And then he comes to me and says, I've got to write an essay. I go, oh, oh, I know essays. Let me at it. So he writes his version. We talk it through. Now, what's interesting about this is that I don't get to see the final draft. He just said, came to me later and said, hey, mom, I'm like, what, hon? he said, you know how you keep all those art supplies around the house? And I said, yeah. And he said, um, you know how you're all concerned about usefulness and efficiency? Yeah, that's what I wrote my essay about. Hmm. He said, you gave me the ability to explore things and to look at things through the lenses of creativity and usefulness and efficiency. And that's the thing that made the difference. And that's why I wrote my essay about you. Wow. That's something. What what greater reward as a parent could there be? So I have no idea if he's going to get it or not. But what I know is that he feels confident going in of his dreams and that's happening because of the training I've received and that I'm pouring into their lives. Wow. So that's a third layer on the usefulness of your career choice, right? Mm -hmm. It's provided you a a nice income. It's allowed you to work from home. It's given you the ability to show them how they could work as an entrepreneur and, and earn good money. And now it, the actual tactics of, of what, you've, what you're beginning to master is having a direct effect on their success out right. in the real world. That's incredible. That's very, very inspiring. Um, wow. So tell me about, and I was, it struck me in the story of your daughter. What's her name? Megan. Megan. That, you know, to, to be in a, in a field like accounting, uh, where I, I'll make the assumption, and I hope I'm not stereotyping here, it feels like a pretty dry community, probably mm-hmm. for the most part. And uh, for her to bring that type of expression and color into how she communicates within that world must be just a, a huge unfair advantage. It'll really stand out. And on the one one hand, you might think, well, it's not, I'm going to use the word professional because it's not like everybody else. Yeah. But what I think is it really just cuts to the heart of the matter because if you're the sort of school that's looking for excellence and new and wonder mm-hmm. and what if and, and you want to really take your program forward with people that are going to change your industry, then she's for you. But if you're the kind of program that wants tradition and things to remain the same and you have some ideas about that, then she's not the one for you. But there will never be any confusion mm. about whether she is for you or not. That's great. Now, two two great copywriting lessons in there. One is you'll never please everybody, so choose an avatar, right? And, be, right. and speak directly to them and don't worry about you know, make it clear who you're not for as much as you make it clear who you are for, right? Huge, not only in direct response marketing, but in life. And the other one is being uh, very real and, and conversational and speaking to a human being like she did in her uh, resume letter, and not her, her application 
you know, just speaking to someone yesterday about the problem with B2B marketing, business-to-business marketing, is that everybody decides to, I better sound like a drone here, because I, mm-hmm. uh, my fear is to not be viewed as a professional, so I got to make sure I use all the buzzwords and let everybody know that I get it, and I'm in the mix, and I'm educated, and we forget, it just becomes so ignorable, because that's the same stuff they're forced to read all day. Not what they choose to read, right? Right. And if you write to the human being behind that layer of professionalism and, and, you know, appropriateness, and you can add some human touch, man, they'll never forget you. And that's exactly what Megan was able to do. That's incredible. I think about that a lot. I think about people and I'm in they. They come home or they're standing in line at the grocery store with their phone and they're Googling something. Mm-hmm. This just really kind of blows my mind yeah. that they, they have, they're bored and they're feeling some sort of pain and they are actively looking for solutions and they are more than aware that it's probably going to cost money. Mm. So it is, it's just a wonder to me that, that those people are actively looking for me and looking for the products and services that I sell mm-hmm. and they just want to know can I hear them can I feel them am I brave enough to say the words that maybe they will only admit privately mm-hmm. can can you really be the one for them well that's 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 huge too as, as a freelance copywriter I want anyone listening that's a freelancer to take special note of what you just said there because that is one of the less talked about in preeminent issues that business owners have with hiring a copywriter is the fear that what they'll see back in your work will sound nothing like who they are. Voice Mm -hmm. is is a key issue in winning your client's confidence that you are the writer for them. And Melanie, you have a great report on your site, MelanieSaladino.com, S-A-L-A-D-I-N-O. It's called um, write, like you, write Like You Talk, and you talk about, uh, you know, you give some great tips because this is one of your specialties, you know, voice, capturing voice. And uh, one of the most celebrated success stories in, in our membership community called Copy Chief, where we bring f- freelance copywriters and business owners together in a sort of natural, uh, organic environment so that you know, everybody can work together to learn how to communicate our messages more effectively. And very often, uh, business owners will connect with copywriters and decide to do work together. And that was the case with you and Wardy Harmon of uh, traditionalcookingschool.com. And it's just been a real love affair <laughs> between the two of Absolutely. you. And uh, it's at the foundation it's because you were able to uh, nail Wardy's voice and like really turn in copy to her that went, wow, this is like me, but better. <laughs> and that's the ultimate win for uh, anyone hiring a copywriter. Talk about how you, you go about capturing someone's voice as a copywriter. Well, that was a really fun project for me, and she came to me with a long list of stuff she needed written, an overwhelmingly large list. But partway down, 
purchased was this sourdough ebook that she sells. And I know a lot of about sourdough. I like to eat bread as much as any other woman, and I like sourdough. And so I'm, I'm in. I'll take it. So I get the book, and I start. I've got some flour, and I've got some water, and I mix them together, and I wait for bubbles. Now this goes on for two weeks. You mix, you wait, you watch. I take pictures, and look, there's bubbles. It's a totally fascinating process. And and but now time is going by and more time is going by and my deadline is coming up and I'm thinking, what am I even going to say about sourdough? Why do people do this? I'm doing it because of pure bliss. But if I had to use my words, why do people do this? And so watching the bread, guys, which, by the way, took all night and I bake it. And the next morning I wake up and it's Saturday and I, the whole house smells like sourdough bread. Mm. And you can hear the children you hear it thud, thud, thud going down the stairs, and you hear clanking in the kitchen, and then you hear a pop, and it's the toaster going, and they're chattering, and they're happy, mm. and you hear the refrigerator door opening and shutting because butter is coming out, and mm. and I went, oh my gosh, this is it. This is why people do this, mm. and that's what I wrote the sales letter about, and it opens with me saying, I can smell the sourdough, and I can hear my children talking and this is the moment. This is the one I dreamed of. Wow, <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Yeah, but that that's her. I, I call those small moments, right? And it's a it's a really advanced skill, I think, for copywriters to be able to capture a small moment. And don't confuse that. It's it's a very big thing, but I call it a small moment. I took that from my daughter's fourth grade you know, um, language arts class. And they teach them to not just write what I did over the summer, but choose a small moment to really, you know, that, that sort of exemplifies the experience and talk about it in detail, right? And those are the moments that people take away from anything they read. And if you can incorporate those into your sales copy, it's a game changer, uh, and so the fact that, like you said, I think you had an advantage here because you, you have a writer's mind coming into direct response uh, and you come from a family of writers and people who think, and, and, you know, and celebrate these, these small moments that really make up our lives. That's, uh, I love that. And it says a lot about you as, a, as a, the other part of this gig is of course the selling and then the but that's then the research right you know people right. talk about well ah i don't want to be too salesy or i'm not a some hardcore salesperson well you don't ever have to be that so long as that you can uh tap into the passion behind what why a product was created uh, it goes back all the way to uh, who was it was it hopkins who did the you know the schlitz beer purification campaign you know, that we talk about, we call it the find the, the, the Capo Diastro bar, that great story of, of the copywriter who found what was unique about a piano over other pianos. And um, that's what this is for, you know, you, you, you went, the result, what is the result? The result was that morning where you smell it and the whole family is celebrating what you've created here. That can't be bought at a store. That does not come out of a sliced loaf in a bag. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. 
and you know what's in there. You, these her people are very special because they will invest time, energy, money, and emotion, which everybody does. But they will invest on this really deep level to get a result that most people see as so small that they it might not even be a blip on the screen. You can buy bread at the store. You can even buy organic bread at the store. You can buy organic bread at the health food store. Like, there's no reason to make it unless there is such a deep call on your heart to do it. And for those people, all they really needed was a peek behind the screen. What's the process going to be like? What's it going to feel like, look like, sound like, smell like? What is that moment when inside and I know that I have done the very best for my family? And whether or not they remember, I will remember that I showed up as my best self for them right now today. That, that is the satisfaction of being a mama. Boy, this is solid gold, Melanie. Loving this, loving this conversation. And uh, so I'm going to, let's take now, uh, and I don't want people to assume that this was like somehow easy for you because you already liked sourdough, right? But as freelancers, we do choose a niche that we feel something for. Uh, we pride ourselves on being sort of sales detectives and be able to enter any market and do the research it takes to write effective sales copy. But let's totally sort of flip the script and talk about financial copy for a second because that's another thing you have passion for but probably couldn't be more different in approach than traditional cooking uh, instruction videos. So what have you noticed about writing for you know, very vastly different industries. What similarities are there and what, you know, distinct differences are there? The thing about people, and I think that's probably the important thing here is that for me, it's always about the people. But the thing about people who buy products in that market is the drive. And rather than deeply invest time in watching bubbles come up in sourdough, (laughs) they are deeply investing their personal identity in the big wins. And they always want to know what's new, what's next, what's hot, what's going to give them an edge. And there is a drive there and there's a, there's like an edge to it. Mm-hmm. And so pacing that is a very different thing, which I think probably is another important thing is that if you can pace them, they'll follow you. Mm-hmm. And I know what it's like to put on a, on a trade. And I know what it's like to be having to unwind. And I know what it's like to, to have a really big day and to have a really bad day. And I know what it's like when your husband comes into the room and he has a big day. And he's like, yes, and it's fist bumped to the sky. And I know what it's like when he has a bad day. And how you kind of put your head down and wander away because today is not a good day. And it's just this very different experience mm. of reality. That's, that's a great analogy. Carlton talks about how it's gambling. You're, it's, you know, it's, a, it's sort of like it's gambling. It's the same thing. And it may be more professional or calculated, certainly legal, <laughs> but it's, the, it's what they're doing and that's where the juice comes from. And I love that you talked about pacing because, again, it's about everything changes, not just the information and the language of the lingo, but the way it needs to be written and how quickly they consume and how they read. People are always asking about long copy versus short copy. And I always use the financial market as an example of 
copy almost couldn't be long enough. It's mm-hmm. unbelievable how much content people who are passionate about finance and trading and, and money will read. Because like you said, it's all about being on the cutting edge. Mm-hmm. And could you talk a little bit more about maybe the difference in pacing and sort of the rhythm of the copy? And I mean, did you have a, any kind of uh, formula for that? Or is it just something you you get in the head of, of that avatar and it naturally comes out in that pace? I approach the world with a couple of questions. I always want to know why is that happening? And I always want to know what's going to happen next. And the first question implies that there is something happening. And so I always try to come in in the middle of the action. So if a person has bothered to Google candlestick patterns trading, something is going on. These are not people who have never seen a stock chart before. Right. And they're looking to see. That's another thing is that there's a sensation that you, that there's a secret that somebody else knows that has been kept from you. Not that you can't know it or that you we're unlucky or like somebody is keeping something from you and that has to stop now. Mm-hmm. And once you crawl inside that, you, you start to start to see other things you maybe didn't see before. And then I just write about those, but I'm definitely asking what are the hidden questions when they, there's that question that says what keeps people up at night. Right. And a few weeks ago, something was bothering me and I'm lying awake at night and I normally sleep like a rock. And so I'm laying there staring at the ceiling thinking, this is awful. And there are people all over the world right now lying in their beds staring at the ceiling. Why are they doing that? What's going to happen next? That, that we are uniquely skilled and ready to go out and solve people's problems. That my children will never go hungry because of my words that I will always be able to communicate with other people and to make them know that I can understand something of what it's like to be them. Like, is there a better job? I don't think so. Yeah. It's, it, it definitely provides for an endlessly fascinating landscape, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, and like you said, it's all about people. And I think that's why it, it is an art and a science, this, this copywriting thing, because you know, there's so many formulas and things to pay attention to and to be on the cusp of. But at the end of the day, if you're not a writer sort of at heart and you don't love words and breaking things down and thinking, what's a better way to say that? Then it, you, you probably won't love this this gig. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder about that that phrase wordsmithing. Yeah. That there and I do I love wordsmithing. I like to try it this way and try it that way. But you can also emotion smith. Mm. You can say, look, I, I actually don't love the words, but I've got to get some copy out there because my product matters and my business matters and it will help people. So what I'm gonna do instead is not so much worry about the words, but worry about the feelings. And I'm gonna worry about the people and I'm gonna worry about what drives them. And when they get upset about something, when something breaks down, what's their first go-to emotion? Is it fear? Is it anger? Is it shame? What? Where do they start and where do they go? And if you latch on to the where are they going part, then you take the sale. Because they're already in motion. They're already motivated. They yeah. showed up. They Googled. They're looking. Why not be the answer? Right. Love it. That's fantastic. Quick funny story. You know, I always look for, as parents, 
you know, we look for things in our kids to go, hmm, I wonder what they, what are they naturally drawn to, right? And uh, I remember as a kid looking, I could stare at like a postcard, an advertisement or something for the longest time and just, I would think about all the, like, what went into this? Why did they choose that word, you know, or what? And why did they choose that color? And I, I didn't realize at the time that there was this thing called advertising that maybe I could have a career in or something. Uh, and I look back now and I realize this is something I always cared about. But so we're at uh, a yogurt, a frozen yogurt place the other night. And my 12 year old son, there, there's a sign that says, uh, have your cake and eat it, too. And so out of nowhere, he's staring at the sign for the longest time. And he says, I just, that, that's just dumb. He says, eating cake is what you do with it. He's like, why would they even say that? Right. And he's just yes. sat there for the longest time, like really perturbed at this <laughs> seemingly nonsensical thing. Right. And so we explained to him, <laughs> he's like, but I just thought, well, there it is. You know, I mean, the, the, whether he ever writes or not, he, he's kind of a writer. I mean, that's, that's the mindset. And absolutely. The kids will bring stuff to me. I've got an 11 year old and that girl can write. And all of the, the kids have their own ability to get their ideas across. You kind of can't help it around my house. So you, you don't speak up, you don't eat. But they, some of them just have this voice. And my 11 year old in particular really has it. And her knack for dialogue is just brilliant. But she'll come to me and she'll want to talk about things that she saw or heard or advertisements that caught her eye and why that's great or why it's dumb. And she asks all these deep questions. And and I feel a little jealous because I learned this the hard way and she's just breathing it. She's swimming in it. This is her whole world. And what kind of a, of a platform is that for her to move forward into whatever life she creates for herself? Yeah. Yeah. It just makes everything better and more interesting and more rewarding. It's that moment, even if you're just journaling, you know, if you, all writers talk about yeah, that, you know, you either had a, you had a writer writing day or you didn't, you know, it's like yeah. if you, you could wake up and nail the piece first thing in the morning. Again, could be a journal entry, could be a blog post, could be uh, the finishing touches on a sales letter, whatever. It's just everything's fine after that. You know, it's going yeah, to be a good day. If I don't write, I get weird. Oh, yeah. And. Yeah, and I've started a new journaling style. And I have successfully failed at journaling many times over the years. Oh, yeah, me too. And and I feel like I'm brilliant at failing at journaling. And so I decide this, this stops now. And I picked up this new style. And the basis is to just record the thoughts that you hear in your head. Don't try to answer a journal prompt. Don't record the activities of your day. Just record the chatter. And from time to time, you're going to come up with a word that seems like it's got a little emotional charge on it. And then you write down the phrase, what do I mean by X? And it has to be just like that. What do I mean by X? That's the only structure to the whole thing. And then your brain will start to give you up these ideas. You'll see pictures and smell things and hear things and remember stuff. And you write that down. And it's the fastest way I've found to discover your authentic writer's voice because I've noticed the next thing is I'll go to my computer I do it by hand I'll go to my computer and start working on whatever is the project for the day and it sounds more like me and so that process of getting it right is faster because you're already in your voice and then the rest just starts to move a little more smoothly I love that love that and do you tend to type or handwrite when you journal 
I journal by hand, and then I do everything else on the computer. And I do that because I type very quickly. And I've noticed that sometimes I'm not aware of the thoughts I'm thinking because yeah. I record them on the screen so fast. So being able to be a fast typist is not always an advantage. Right. Great. Well, Melanie, I could go on all day. Uh, you know, we just skimmed the surface on some topics that deserve uh, a deeper look. So I'll just right now invite you to do this again. <laughs> I would love to. Uh, it's been one of my favorite episodes, I can tell you already. I just love the way you think and just so excited for the, the journey. You're, it's hard to believe it's only been a year or so since you started uh, you know, professional copywriting as a business, uh, your clients just love you. The work you do is, uh, you know, it, it, it's always top shelf. So, uh, as a, as, as someone who's been privileged to coach you, I'm very proud of everything you've accomplished and it's just only, only the beginning. And we're going to, you know, uh, I'll, I'll tease everybody to let them know that, you have a, a report that you're working on that is, to me, something hugely missing from the entire copywriting landscape um, that when, when you reveal it, 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 I think it's instantly going to become kind of a staple in the industry. It, it could potentially sort of change the language of, of how we think about copywriting and selling it's that good so no pressure but, <laughs> but uh <laughs> that that is something to be watching for and so yeah thank you for being you and uh just you know love your brain and uh in our friendship so thanks for coming on today sharing your story i look forward to doing it again soon and so melanie saladino.com that's that's where you'd like people to come and, and enter your world yeah absolutely i would love that and then afterwards, after you download the report, there's a little note that goes out that says, hey, I'm curious to know how you found me and what I can do to help and what kind of business you're in. Because the most important thing to me is the people. And that means the clients and it means their clients. And so I always want to be connected that way. Love it. So go to MelanieSaladino.com, grab the uh, report well written and get some of Melanie's tips on how you can capture the voice of uh, your client, yourself, your product, and speak more authentically uh, about why anybody should choose your product, your company, your services over anyone else's. Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks again for this. Can't wait to do it again. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash TAM, as in truth about marketing. And if you'd like to uh, learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro. Do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com, and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.